Welcome to Spirit of Grace Podcast. My name is Glenn Campbell. And what's going to happen today is I'm going to be coming from the book of Romans. We're going to go over chapter one. And I like to read from the New Living Translation. And if you didn't catch my, my past episode, I told you, you can, you can download if you want to follow along. You can download you version, the Bible app. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. If you go to your app store and type in you version, it'll be the Bible app. Click on that. And as I'm reading, you can follow along. But like I said, I like to read from the New Living Translation. So I'm coming from the book of Romans. We're going to start off in chapter one. Now to understand this book, the book of Romans, you have to understand the purpose and the themes of it. Like why was this book even written? Now the purpose was to present a systematic explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the church in Rome. Alright, now what it talks about, it talks about sin, atonement, living according to the Holy Spirit, the place of Jews and Gentiles in God's plan. Now they're going to explain when we get further along in different chapters of the book of Romans about the difference between Jews and Gentiles. Alright, now to begin it off, we have to understand what Paul was trying to do. Now, it says Paul was discussing humanity's relationship to God. Now, once he established the basic concept that all human beings are violators of God's holy law, what does that mean? That means everybody with a pumping heartbeat on the face of this earth was violators of God's plan. All right? And it says Paul offered a solution. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, those who believe in Jesus Christ receive forgiveness for sin and gain new life in the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to dig into chapter one. We're going to start off at verse one. It says, greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his gospel Verse 2, God promised this gospel long ago through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, meaning he talked about that in the Old Testament. All right. Now, it says the gospel is about his son, meaning he's talking about Jesus. All right. In his early life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, they're talking about Jesus. So the power of the Holy Spirit is what revived Jesus Christ to raise from the dead. All right. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse five, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Now we're going to stop right there. Verse 5 said, through Christ Jesus, God has given us the privilege and the authority. He said, through Christ Jesus. So every authority that we get or that we have came from Christ Jesus. And we're going to get into that. Verse 6, and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to be belong to Jesus Christ. So, little history. The Jews 
or the Israelites are God's chosen people. The Gentiles are what they call, I say, like the dirty people who wasn't called. So we're Gentiles. If you're not born a Jew or, or, or an Israelite, you're a Gentile. So I am a Gentile. But once we get into all the meat and potatoes of this, this book itself, it's going to explain how all of us are all the same and not separated. All right. So let's not focus on that. Now, we're going to go back to verse six. It says, and you are included among these Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Verse seven, I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now, that was Paul's introduction to the people in Rome. So now we're going to get into God's gospel, the good news about God. All right. Verse eight. Let me say first that I thank my God. This is Paul speaking. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. So what is faith? Now, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, they call Hebrews the hall of faith because it talks about faith. It teaches you faith. Now, it says like the definition of faith in Hebrews 11 and 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Basically, instead of you're believing and you're knowing, right? That's what faith is. Faith is you know it without a shot of a doubt. Perfect example. I could stand behind as I'm speaking to you on this podcast. You don't physically see my face, but you know that I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you because you can hear me. But you don't you can't see me. So guess what that is? That's applying faith. That's what faith is. Faith is knowing that you already got it. All right. So we're going to go back to verse eight. It say, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all you, for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Verse nine, God knows how often I pray for you. This is Paul praying for the people in Rome. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the gospel about his son. Paul was praying for the people in Rome, praying to God for the people in Rome. All right. Verse 10. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. Verse 11. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gifts that will help you grow strong in the Lord. So what he's saying is he's going to give them basic instructions that they can illustrate and they can be. It says, for I long to visit you and bring you the spiritual gifts that will help you grow strong in the Lord. So he's trying to get us to grow strong in our Lord. So he's going to give us 
things that we can use. He's going to give us practical applications in order for us to be strong in the Lord, all right, and build up your faith. Verse 12, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by you. So that means as much as I'm pouring into you, I need you to pour back into me. Iron sharpens iron. That's what the Old Testament says. That means I help sharpen your tools and you help sharpen my tools. I revive you, you help revive me. We all work together in this in this body of Christ. Many members, one body. All right? So, let's go back to verse 12. It says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want you to be encouraged and I need you to encourage me. Verse 13. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. Spiritual fruit. What is that? Okay, you know how you plant a seed in the ground? You water the seed, it grows into a tree, and whatever is in that tree is going to come off them branches. Fruit, right? So that means he said, he said in verse 13, I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit. What is spiritual fruit? Spiritual fruit is when you speak the word of God to people, give them applications to use, that's sowing a seed. As you sow the seed in them, they allow that seed to get deep down in them. And then what comes out of that is a new person, a reborn person. You get what I'm saying? Because we're going to get into that once we get further into the book of Romans, you know. But he said, I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. Verse 14, for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world to educate and uneducate alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the gospel. Now, I want y'all to highlight this. Verse 16, highlight verse 16. So it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel about Jesus Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. You remember in the beginning I told you we got Jews and Gentiles. Jews are the chosen people. Gentiles are not. But God is putting us all together. Alright? Now, verse 16 says for I am not ashamed of the gospel about Jesus Christ. What does that mean? If I'm reading God's word, I can't be ashamed about it. I can't keep it to myself. To not be ashamed about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that means you're going to express it. That means you're going to speak it. You're going to study it. You're going to do everything that you got to do to not be ashamed of the gospel about Jesus Christ. Verse 17. This gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now, 
Remember when I told you about Jews and Gentiles? And I told you how, yes, they were the chosen and Gentiles wasn't, but they all worked together, right? All right, check this out. Verse 17 says, this gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. He said us. He ain't say this is how God made Jews right in his sight or how he made Gentiles right in his sight. No, he said this is how we make us right in his sight us meaning all of us jews and gentiles this is accomplished from start to finish by faith as the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life okay let's dig into this scripture let's dig into verse 17 First, verse 16 says, I am not ashamed about the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, the, it is the power of God at work, saving those who believe. The Jew first and also the Greek. But check out verse 17. Let's break verse 17 down. This gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. So that means whoever is hearing what I'm saying right now, or whoever heard what Paul was saying, he said, let us, this is how us become right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. So we can't quit. We got to see this thing through. If you're going to start in the word, we got to finish in it by faith. It says, this is accomplished from start to to finish by faith as the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life how do we gain new life you have to first believe and believe it or not a lot of us apply faith every day and have no idea that we're doing it i say this all the time the very chair that i'm sitting in before I walked in here and sat down, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that that chair was going to hold me up. I knew it. Didn't even think twice about it. I knew that if I sit down in this chair, it's not going to make me fall. It's going to hold me up. That's having faith, right? Now, we're going to get into when it said like faith without works is dead. That's what the scripture says, but we're going to get there. All right, but we apply faith every day and don't even know it. The Bible says you you only please God by faith. So how do I please God by faith? How am I applying faith every day that pleases God? How? I just explained to you in the chair that you sit in, on the couch that you sit on, in the car that you drive. You have faith in those things to know that it's going to produce whatever it is that you knew it was going to produce. That's having faith in it. The Bible says you please God by faith. I know if I go to my car right now, put the key in and crank it up, I know it's going to pull off without a shadow of a doubt. So I got faith that my car is already going to move when I put the key in it. I put it to work. Alright? Now, going back to verses 8 through 17 
Now, I was reading the commentary. You know, a commentary breaks down scripture, explains it to you, you know, and it gives you ideas on what is actually going on. So the Matthew Henry concise commentary that I that I like reading, you know, it says we must show love for our friends, not only by praying for them, but by praising God for them. See, you bring yourself out of the equation. We actually have to do something. He says we must show love for our friends, not only by praying for them, but by praising God for them. So we got to love them. Right. Makes sense to me. As in our purposes, so in our desires, we must remember to say, if the Lord will. Now, I'm going to give you a reference scripture. You know, and it, the reference scripture is James chapter four, verse 15. It says what we ought to say is if the Lord wants us to. You caught that? Not if I want to. But if the Lord wants us to. That's in the book of James, chapter four, and verse 15. That's how we should start out. If the Lord wants us to. Our journeys are made prosperous or otherwise, according to the will of God. We should readily impart to others what God has trusted to us. That means whatever God gives you, don't keep it. It's not for you to keep. It. It's for you to give it away. God will give us bags of seeds every day. It's not on us to keep the seeds. It's on us to give them out. So everything that you have is not for you to keep. It's for you to give it to somebody else. You don't pay for knowledge. You don't pay for wisdom. You ask God for it and he'll give it to you. And that same wisdom and that same knowledge that he give you, guess what you got to do? Give it to other people. Because he's entrusted you with that information. Like the bag of seeds he's giving me right now. I'm giving it to my listeners. Seeds being sown into the listeners. As those seeds get sown, those seeds going to produce more fruit, which going to produce more seeds, the seeds that you can give away. That's how this thing works. If redeemed by the blood and converted by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all together his. We belong to God through Jesus Christ. See, people think it's real hard to become a Christian or it's real hard to be saved. Absolutely not. It is not. But we have to understand that what he gives us, we can't keep it. Living this life, you have to be selfless and not selfish. Because there's a complete difference. You will reap more benefits the more you become selfless then you become selfish because the more selfish you are the more you lose the more selfless you are the more you gain catch that the more selfish you are the more you lose the more selfless you are the more you gain 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are all together his. And for his sake, we are debtors to all men to do all the good we can. That goes back to being selfless. When you take selfishness out of the equation, that means there's something that you can do to help somebody that you run across every day. Every day is a it, it's an opportunity to sow seeds every day. But we have to know when those opportunities come, we don't we can't be selfish. Because you might be that very person that can help this person out that you've seen on today. We got to learn to work together. We got to learn to do it in love. And we got to know it is by faith that we do it. I like to give this illustration a lot. Let's picture a grocery store. And one cashier. Everybody on the face of this earth goes to that one store. The cashier is Jesus Christ. Now, once you get into this store, you got a cart that you push. This cart signifies you praying. Right? Follow me now. When you go down each aisle, everything that's on the shelf that you want is everything that you pray for. Okay, Lord, I want wisdom. So I'm going to go to the shelf and I'm going to put wisdom in my cart. Okay, Lord, I want a new house. All right, I'm going to put this house in my in my cart. I'm going to pray for this house. Okay, Lord Jesus, I want knowledge and understanding. So when I read your word, I'm not just reading. We're going to get that and we're going to put it in our cart. Mind you, everything that you're putting in your cart signifies you praying. Your cart signifies prayer. The things that you put in the cart are the things that you're praying for. Now, our prayers are all full in this cart. When you get ready to walk out that store, before you walk out the store, the cashier is Jesus Christ himself. One cashier. How do you pay for everything that you have in your cart you pay for it by faith the reason why I'm speaking on faith is because verse 17 says this is accomplished from start to finish by faith as the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life now everything that you pray for you are at the end of the line right now. You put all your prayers, you put all your prayers up there and Jesus is scanning your prayers through because everything that you pray for has to go through him first. So before you get everything in your cart, all of that stuff you got in your cart got to go through him. So once it go through him, how do you think you pay for it? Faith is your currency that you spend in the storehouse of God to receive every single thing that you pray for. Just that simple. By having faith, knowing that what you pray for, he's going to give it to you. You just pleased him. 
Because the Bible says, you please God by faith. It says that in Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6, the Christian should remember that it is impossible to please God without faith. And guess what? Once you pay, because like I said, faith is your currency. Faith is your money for the storehouse of heaven. Everything that God promised to you, you can have it by faith. But you got to know how to spend your faith. All this faith that you got, we got to know how to spend it to receive everything that we pray for. All right. Now, I appreciate the fact that you took the time to listen to me on tonight. And there is the final section of Romans chapter one is starting at verse 18. And that's the anger. God's anger at sin. Now, I'm not going to record that tonight, but I mean, everything that we talked about tonight, starting in chapter one, starting at verse one, ending at verse 17. Like I said, if you want to read along as I'm reading, download the YouVersion Bible app on your Play Store. That's Y-O-U-B-E-R-S-I-O-N. All right. You download that Bible app. You go to because version has all the Bibles that was ever made. You know, they just say the same thing, but they're in different contexts. All right. I like to read from the New Living Translation. It speaks more modern. All right. And if you want to read along, once you download that app, you go to the NLT, the New Living Translation. And as I'm reading, you can go over it too. So I do appreciate y'all. God bless y'all. And I can't wait to speak about God's anger at sin to finish off this second part of Romans chapter one. God bless you. I love you and God's grace be with you.